Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, my name is Bex and welcome to Getting Emotional. Every week I'll discover a brand new emotion. Or rather, I'll tell you about an emotion you may well have felt but had no idea there was a name for. This week, it's Utker. It's 5.45am. You've woken up. You can't get back to sleep. You're trying, but thoughts keep invading your head. Have you prepared enough for that presentation? Should you go to the gym today? Will you make it from the train to work with enough time to spare? Have you given the kids the right PE kit? Wait a minute, you don't have kids. Why do you even invent fictional children in your head? What's happened to your brain? Are you going mad? Should you see a doctor? Do you have a serious medical condition that means you'll never sleep again? Oh, he fell asleep. It's 9am now and you're going to be late for work. Run! Does any of this sound familiar to you? Not exactly the ins and outs of it, but more the general theme of pre-dawn anxiety. That feeling of waking up just before your alarm, taking stock of the day and panicking. Well, sorry to break it to you, but you're not the first to feel this. Or the second. Or the third. Or the... Well, you get the idea. The emotion has been around for hundreds of years, is what I'm saying. Utker was first described in the Anglo-Saxon times, and if you're wondering when exactly that was, yeah, I was as well, but I can say with all of the confidence of someone who has just popped onto Wikipedia, turns out we're talking around the years 450 to 1066, when apparently something pretty big happened on the south coast? The Anglo-Saxon era was an incredibly important one for England. Christianity was established, shires were formed, laws were created, and, most importantly for this podcast, there was a boom in literature and language. The language being called Anglo-Saxon, or, as you may know it from school, Old English. Actually, a lot of literature at the time was in Latin, but Old English crept into a lot of the writing. Often it was because Anglo-Saxon was used to orally pass down stories. The stories became incredibly popular and were eventually, almost inevitably, codified and written down. Which is handy because it's in one of these stories that we find this emotion. The story is in the form of a poem, The Wife's Lament, taken from one of the four main manuscripts of Old English poetry, the Exeter Book, collated around the late 10th century. It's the largest and maybe oldest manuscript of English poetry, and was eventually given to the first Bishop of Exeter in 1072. And I'm no Sherlock Holmes here, but I would hazard a guess that's why it's called the Exeter Book. Also, side note, as well as poems, this book contained riddles, where the reader had to guess what the poet was describing, and it is harder than you think. There is a riddle about an onion that is layered with 11 lines of innuendo that made me blush a thousand years later. Back to the wife's lament. It's a poem of sadness and longing, the story of a woman really missing her loved one. But it's also an incredibly vague poem, and scholars have found it really difficult to actually fully understand it. We just don't know if she's been rejected, betrayed, he's been imprisoned, he sent her away for protection. We don't know if she's alive, or she's speaking from beyond the grave. We don't know if it's one lover, or many lovers. We don't know where she is, but we do know what time it is seems like an odd thing to be sure of given how much we don't know. It's like someone calling you up and saying, I'm in a hotel, I'm on earth, with zero to ten people around me, I may or may not be alive, 
and it is 10.32pm local time. We know where she is because she uses the word utker, which has been believed to mean pre-dawn sorrow or dawn care. Basically, lying in bed in the morning, worrying about the day ahead. You see, in Old English, ut is the name for the last part of the night, the empty, chilly hours just before dawn, and so a particularly painful time for grief and loneliness. And I'll be honest, I'm not one for an early morning. I'm that person who gets up so late in the morning that the family calls out, good afternoon, as a joke when they come down the stairs. But I did wonder what it was like for somebody who does have to get up that early. And not only that, has to actually make sure other people avoid the dreaded utcare as well. Uh, hi, I'm Stig Abel. I present uh, Breakfast on Times Radio. Excellent stuff. I think it sounded like you were going to say even more then. You were going to give me a rundown of your whole day. Well, uh, no, no one wants to hear about it. People, people can work it out if they're interested. If they're not, they don't want to hear me blathering on about it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll figure out, actually, you've got a very important important life that we need to know about. But uh, for right now, we'll go from the very beginning of your day. What time do you wake up in the morning? So I wake up at 10 to 3 in the morning. Oh, man. Uh, and I wait, I, I have an emergency alarm, which I never use. So I don't actually use an alarm to wake up. I have one sitting in the background just in case disaster falls upon me. And for some reason, I remain unconscious. So I wake myself up at 10 to 3 and I get up about 5 to 3. So you you naturally, your body has programmed itself to wake up at 10 to 3. Yeah, I kind of have this thing where if I think enough about a time to wake up, I generally wake up around that time. Um, so it's not like, um, and also I, I find particularly at the beginning of doing the show, I've been doing it for 18 months now, so because so that's why I get up so mm. early. Um, the, the nerves around missing it was so much that I woke up quite a lot during the night and then it was quite easy to wake up at, at 10 to 3 and now I just wake up at 10 to 3. Oh my goodness. So how easy was it to get into this routine? Uh, not that difficult actually, because once you've, there's two things really. Um, I've got three kids, as I say, so and one of them's uh, only three and was 18 months then, I think. So I'm pretty tired all the time. Great. So I, I feel that if you said to me now, go and nap, I would, and if I could lie down somewhere quiet, I'd fall asleep. And I feel if you said that to me at any point, in, at any point of the day, on any day, I could just fall asleep. Yeah. So the idea of going to bed early wasn't that difficult because I just reckon I could fall asleep. And it's one of those things that you do the first one. And it's still now the Sunday night for Monday morning is the worst night of the week because you've had three nights of not doing it. You've got that sort of keyed up feeling that everyone gets, you know, that dread. I'm sure there is a German word for this, the dread of the week that you get on a Sunday night for Monday <laughs> morning. That's, e I can assure you, that's even worse if your Monday morning starts at 10 to 3. Um, but so once you've, once you've done it once, that Sunday night into Monday morning, you're really tired by Monday night. And then you go to bed early and then you get up early and you're really tired again. And so once you start it, it's not that bad. Just riding that wave, I imagine. Yeah, riding that wave, wave of borderline misery. <laughs> what a great way to live your life. Uh, yeah. Now tell me, so you obviously get to the studio and um, before that you're, you're getting there, do you think about the news stories for the day? Do you have any plan in advance? Are you told what you're going to be covering? Uh, we, do, we do a meeting the night before. So at about five o'clock, we have a meeting where we really talk about what we're doing. And then um, a producer stays up until 11 um, wow. uh, booking that. But it's quite often in quite good shape by five. So we broad, broadly, know, broadly know what it is. And then when we wake up at just before three, there's like a little document that says what we've got. And so, so I, I read that. But then I get, the other, thing is, the other thing that's difficult, I suppose, is I get 40 minutes in a car because I live 40 minutes from the studio. So Asma, who I do the breakfast show with, I think she lives 10 minutes from the studio. <laughs> And 40 minutes in a car 
in COVID times when you're wearing a mask the whole time and you've got the window open. So this morning, I think it was minus two. And oh, I had gosh. the window open and I'm sort of sitting because you kind of feel you have to sit in a draft as well because you want the air circulating because you <laughs> yeah. don't want to get COVID. Um, so you sit in a draft for 40 minutes, which is, I, I think the, the, the only good way of thinking about that is that that's pretty much the low point of the day. I would say 10 minutes into a car journey in a draft, minus two, at, by this point, about quarter past three in the morning. That's your low point and it's all on the up from then. I, I think it probably helps to focus you as well, especially I imagine if you're covering quite a big news story, You'd, would you be thinking about it through the night? Does it sometimes play in the back of your head? Like, how are you going to cover it? Yeah, big stories do. And, um, you know, we've had a few that actually, you know, there are there, it doesn't happen all the time, but there's often a big story that, that sort of lurks in your subconscious. The other thing I think is you, once you know what you're doing, you can let your brain play a bit across it um, as well. I also do other things. So I've, in the last year, uh, well, last year I wrote a novel. This year I'm writing the sequel. And so wow. one of the things I do is sort of separate my brain a bit. Sometimes I sit and work out little plot points for that. So to give myself another... So I sometimes sit and think about the news. Sometimes I try and clear my brain entirely. And sometimes I try and wrangle some plot points in a book I'm writing. And that's a slightly different thing. It's, it's just a way of occupying your brain a little bit. Yeah, you said um, you said you wake up at 10 to 3, but you get up at 5 to. So those five minutes, are they kind of you just preparing yourself for the day? They're pretty. They're they're. they're I mean, I'm I'm tossing up low points now. Yeah, they they are. <laughs> and then I'm, part of me thinks also that I, you think, well, can I stay in bed a little bit longer? But I don't snooze. Um, I read somewhere that the snooze button is like one of the most dangerous inventions in 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 all of mankind because snooze buttons don't work. They don't help yeah. you because um, you, if you have terrible, you know, ten minutes extra bad sleep doesn't improve your life in any way. Um, it makes you sort of desperate and it makes you unhappy. So I, I never go back to sleep. and I, I never have a snooze function. So I think I, I can buy that as an argument that snooze functions aren't very aren't very good. So I sort of gear myself up for a couple of minutes. And then I, my wife, bless her, I, I have my clothes out. So I'm not sort of looking for clothes and I get dressed downstairs. So I pick up all my clothes and sneak out. But my wife oh, wow. normally half wakes up to say goodbye and then goes back to sleep. Yeah, good. For, I mean, for her, she's thinking I've got another few hours, not 10 I minutes. I totally that, get that. Yeah, I keep saying, so in some ways I think I'm giving her the great gift, the great <laughs> gift of, of recognising how lovely three more hours sleep is. So yeah, I, I do I do think that sometimes. She doesn't always entirely agree with that, but, but I, I think was, was going to say, yeah, yeah she's, a, she's a lucky lady. Yeah. Um, so I've got these two emotions about mornings. I've got outcare, uh, which I just like saying like that because it sounds slightly Anglo-Saxon, the way I say it. Um, but also, um, and this is what I am terrible at pronouncing, uh, matutalupia. Okay. Uh, which is being in a bad mood, waking up in a bad mood in the morning. It's kind of a translation is dawn grief. Um, and I also wondered, like, do you ever wake up in a bad mood in the morning? And does that translate to being on air? Or do you have to really fight hard to make it doesn't translate I across? I, weirdly enough, I think, I mean, you have to ask other people I work with and they might tell me I'm just this delusional liar. But I actually <laughs> think by the time I get to work, I don't feel that. And actually, I do feel a bit of responsibility because it's a very small group of people having to work at that time. It's four, So by the time, by four o'clock, you're there in the in the office and people start coming in. I kind of feel that by the time that comes around, it's your job to be energetic. Yeah. And it's your job to be up and friendly and, and happy. And actually, like I said, it's, it, th- th- at that point, your adrenaline is fully kicked in as well. And I, I think it's your responsibility not to bring your grump with you. I think it's okay mm-hmm. to be grumpy for that first 15 minutes when you're by yourself. There's that emotion. I'm sure there's another word for this as well. The, 
that emotion of existential dread you feel when you're putting your socks on. And you can normally you can normally tell how bad that is by how long it takes to put your socks on. You can put them on very briskly, left, right, or you can just put the left one on, and then you sit and you sigh. Have a little thing. Sort of, you have a thing. You stare at your feet, and then put the right one. On. And I think they're the moments that that sort of about three ish for me. That's when the, the grump can descend. Then you have your car journey. Um, where you have to try and focus your mind on other things. But I think by the time you walk in at four o'clock in the morning, you, you, you can't have uh, your your dawn grief. I think dawn grief would ruin the lives of too many people. Oh, that's a good point. I, I also love the sock test there. I'll think of it fondly in the future. Yeah. Again, I, I'm sure like with all these things, I'm sure there's German words for all of this stuff, but there should be a, ger- a German word, which I'm sure can be created for sock grief, sock <laughs> grief or, or sock dread, sort of a Kierkegaardian existential terror. I think that must, w- that must exist. I'll make it my mission to find it. I'll let you know if I do. If not, I'm going to just invent it. Just invent- you know, invented words count. Yeah, they, in German, they do. I mean, they can just compound anything, can't they? So I, I, if someone knows the word for sock and the word for dread, I think sock dread could become a thing. Pop them together. We've got a brand new word. We'll tell Susie Dent. We'll get her on the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, of course, also, you are probably the first person that a lot of your listeners hear in the morning. Um, it's quite a big responsibility, no pressure. But do you, are you aware of that? Because you could affect people waking up in their moods in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I, in some ways, I'm a bit curmudgeonly in the sense of um, I'm a bit sort of, um, I, I, I'm not a happy, clappy person. I'm not going to come on an air and say how much I love Strictly and how <laughs> and that sort of thing. I might say something a little bit cynical, but in some ways it's a bit of a, a shared joke, I'd like to think, with, with people. So although I'm not happy clappy, I'd like to think I'm, I'm, I'm not without energy. Uh, but you're right. The, I mean, the last thing people, I also think people don't want to hear you grumbling about it. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. too easy for people to, to, to do this and, and moan, oh, I'm not on much sleep or uh, it's early in the morning. And, you know, everyone's lives are difficult things in it. So I think, yeah, I, I, it's, like, it's like the point, I think you, you, you can have your existential dread all the way up until the, you, you're at work. And then particularly if you're on the radio, your job is to probably put it to one side and um, not being sort of glibly cheery, because that's not who I am, but, but to be, at least have a bit of positive energy about you. Um, now, before I let you go, uh, what kind of what gets you through the morning? Is it seeing uh, your colleagues? Is it like being excited about the news stories? Is it a cup of coffee? Like what kind of thing gets you ready to go? Yeah, I, I don't have any caffeine at all oh, what? Uh, because I kind of feel that once you go down that route you kind of it just becomes a thing you you need uh honestly uh, I, I do really like working with people I'm, I'm interested in stuff I think curiosity gets me through the day really because um although there's quite a lot of familiar stories every day has something different and uh I I, I don't I, I so the thing that gets me through the day through the morning um, is that that something something interesting is going to happen? I'm going to learn something I didn't know before. I'm going to meet someone I've perhaps not met before, uh, even on, on the radio. Uh, something is going to be different from the last day. You know, although the, you you do get these relentless stories, the NHS being in crisis or whatever, that's quite similar most days. There's also lots of stories that you've never heard of before, or lots of ramifications that you've not fully considered. And I think a kind of endless cycle of curiosity is a good thing. That's a jolt that's in, in your life. That's a kind of a bit of world caffeine uh, that you can kind of have without actually caffeine itself. Oh my goodness. I feel like world caffeine. I mean, copyright that immediately. Get that sorted. German. There's probably ger- German for world, German for caffeine. Put them together. I just wish I could speak German. That's, that's, <laughs> maybe I should be learning German in the car. That, 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 maybe that's a, a little, little aim I should have. I was going to say, I feel like you're trying to make me hire a, a German language translator just I, to kind of... I just of... feel that your show should be more German. That's, that's, the, German. that's, 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 that's the thing I'm, I'm trying to say, I think. 
That is a new note. I've never had that note before, but I'll take it on board. Don't worry about it. I'll get that sorted. Um, well, Stig, thank you so much for chatting to me. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, great pleasure. Thank you for having me. Giving me an amazing interview and creating new words I can use on this podcast for the definition of a hardworking guest. So I loved chatting to Stig and finding out how he copes with the very early mornings. It seems like he's taken it in his stride, using the car time productively. I should say, by the way, the interview was recorded earlier this year, hence the very cold temperature. And he's aware that he may well be the first person a listener hears in the morning. He can't bring any oot care, or indeed sock grief, to the airwaves. I'd like to say that maybe, if our Anglo-Saxon wife took tips from Stig, she'd find it easier to cope with the intensity of her morning sadness. But, unfortunately, at the end of the poem, she can't be helped by socks, world caffeine or curiosity. We find her turning to imagine her lover beneath a stormy cliff. And the longing on that never-ending summer's day has been painful, seemingly unstoppable for her. As the 53 lines draw to a close, we know the Utka has shaped her today and probably will affect her tomorrow as well. This was Getting Emotional and that was Utker. Big thank you to Stig Abel from Times Radio's Breakfast Show for stopping by and telling me a little bit about his day. And also thank you to you for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do get in touch. Let me know what you think on Twitter at GetEmotionalPod or on Instagram at GettingEmotionalPodcast. I'll be back very soon indeed. See ya.